Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the podcast, Three Sides, with me, Aaron McLeod, where we will talk about all things that fall under the umbrellas of high performance, passion, and equality. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Three Sides. Right now, I am sitting in my hotel room in Mexico City. I'm here with the Canadian Women's National Team. We have two games, a closed-door game and a friendly game against Mexico, which I'm really looking forward to. Today, we are going to have an awesome episode about body image, something that I have struggled with most of my life. But before we get to that, just a few words from our sponsors. We're back and we're better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on for another football season. For all you crazy sports fans out there, as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online contributes to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your bonus. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't waste to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. So before we get started on the episode today, I just kind of wanted to talk briefly about social media and the impact that it's having right now on everyone. Now, obviously, Instagram is absolutely everywhere, but there are so many filters that exist to help you know, get rid of some wrinkles or blemishes or help hide our cellulite or make us look thinner or whatever we're looking to do. The fact that there are those filters, period, is quite damaging, thinking that we're always trying to reach this idea of perfection. So I looked up the last century, the trends in body image, and every single decade, there is a different trend. You know, starting from the the Gibson girl in 1910, when someone actually drew out an illustrator by the name of Charles Gibson, drew out what he thought was the ideal body image for a woman. This was kind of the invention of the concept of the hourglass figure. But it changed every decade, as I said. In the 20s, it was the flapper, where you know women were supposed to be a lot leaner and kind of just straight down and up. In the 30s, it was the soft siren. The waist kind of made a comeback, having a nice waist, but still staying thin. And in the 40s, the star-spangled girl. Wider shoulders, again, a little bit of a waist and showing a lot of leg. In the 50s became the hourglass, of course, we all know Marilyn Monroe, where, you know, the hourglass figure kind of came back twofold. And then in the 60s was the twig, which you can guess what that means, as skinny as possible. The disco diva, not with a lot of shape, again. And the supermodel, which became even thinner than the twig, kind of scary. And then the waif in the 1990s, even thinner still. And then the buff beauty when athletes became, you know, that the look, the athletic look became a little more popular. And then the booty babe in 2010, when we started focusing on having 
bigger derrieres. And anyway, you get the point. Every single decade, the trend changes. And it's kind of interesting in the sense that our bodies don't actually change that much um, as far as even just the basic shape. So I think what's really important and what I took from this article and from this interview is embracing the body that you have. And if you don't yet, finding a way to do that. I am joined here today with the wonderful Maggie McGill. Um, to give you guys a little bit of background, I met Maggie in a um, isolated parking lot outside of the New Jersey Devils, uh, or not New Jersey Devils, I should say, uh, um, Red Bull Arena, right? That's where it was. In New yeah, Jersey. that was, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, her partner and my partner are childhood buddies, and so we had a nice, wonderful conversation after that and we kind of got to chatting and what I thought was really cool about you Maggie is um just kind of what you do for a living I'm going to just give you everyone all of our listeners a brief synopsis of who you are which will only be uh, touch the surface um and I will also give your website a number of times because I've been stalking you hard the last few days and I've been so absolutely impressed so just so everyone knows Maggie McGill um describes herself as a queer size plus size fashion blogger she's had has a lot of fantastic blogs which I'll share a little bit about in a little moment here she calls herself a plus size babe has a passion for fashion. I don't know if you meant to rhyme, but I love that. And a queer icon and a social media strategist. So I was kind of looking up Instagram the other day. Uh, I'm 38 years old. All the listeners know that. I'm not, uh, not as fresh and young as I used to be. But Instagram started October 6th, 2010. So we are like 11 years in, which is crazy to think about because of the amount of influence it has. So first of all, of course, welcome to the show. But second of all, how did you get into this line of work? Well, thanks, Erin. It's so good to see you again. I think it's worth mentioning that not only did we first meet in a dark parking lot, but you immediately got into my car. That's true. That's true. Uh, Um, Yeah. Blindfully (laughs) trusting. You seem like a very trustworthy person, so I'll give it to you. Thank you. Um, Yeah. So I have kind of an, an interesting story. So... I'm a, I'm a plus size person. I call myself fat. I think that's a neutral descriptor. Um, and, you know, growing up, I was surrounded by a lot of diet culture, just kind of the idea that my body was wrong in a way. And I believe that as most of us do. Um, and then I found a community on Tumblr, which I don't know if you ever, cause Familiar. I know you would think okay. I wouldn't have, but I have heard of it. Yes. Yes. And so I found a community on Tumblr that was kind of like, no, like it's okay to be fat and you can also wear whatever you want and do whatever you want. And I was like, okay, great. I'm on board with this. And so um, in college, I just started like documenting my, my outfits, like literally taking the grainiest, like photos in my door, my messy door room. It's embarrassing. And just like putting them <laughs> yeah. online And I did that for all of college. And then I graduated um, and got my first, you know, big person job. And with my first paycheck, I bought like a a vlogging camera and um, I really wanted to do do YouTube at that time. YouTube was like very big in like 2014, 2015. Um, And so I tried to do that for a bit. And then I saw this, this immigration to Instagram from there. And I was like, I mean, I might as well. (laughs) 
Right, right, right. And yeah. And so, you know, I started just like how anyone else does with like just your friends following you. And um, I just made a, you know, pact with myself. I was like, even if you only have 20,000 people watching you, pretend you have 20,000. And I just started making content and making content and um, grew from there. And, and in the last three years, I went from like 5,000 to 55,000 followers on Instagram, which is yeah, it's impressive. a lot. Um, so it, I fully can't grasp, grasp that that many people follow me, but I appreciate that they do. Right. That's like, uh, I always think about it because I uh, have about 50 and 50,000. And, and like when I go into a soccer stadium and it's sold out, that's about 50,000. And then sometimes I think about that. And what I think is so fantastic is first of all, you've, you've built this following because your message is so important. Mm-hmm. And I think there is a, there's a huge lack of it, to be honest in society mm-hmm. right now. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's so fantastic that you are using uh, your platform in the most positive way possible in my opinion, my humble opinion. Um, and I wanted to start, there's this fantastic quote on your website, live life to the fullest with the body you have right now. Yes. So I absolutely love that. Um, so when I was a kid, I was bullied. I was overweight when I was young and I was bullied like crazy. Mm-hmm. And from that, I, I felt a lot of pressure from society, from my friends, from everything um, really. And I developed an eating disorder, struggled mm-hmm. with my body image, and I'm like finally getting to a better place. And this is something I think so many people um, struggle with, you know, and I think part of it is because there's a lack of community because you don't know anyone else or, um, but for you, you know, like I'm, I'm going right to the, (laughs) to the heavy, Mm -hmm. how do you deal? Like, how is your relationship with your body and yourself and how do you continue to, to grow that in, in a loving way or in an accepting way? Yeah. So my relationship with my body right now is really amazing. Um, that's (laughs) awesome. I love to hear that. Um, Yeah. You know, of course has not always been that way. Um, you know, I was introduced to dieting and uh, intentional weight loss when I was in the sixth grade, um, and wow. which is really young. No um, kidding! Wow, you yeah. know, you're a child. So, um, you know, I have. You know, I remember going to like Curves, which is this like terrible gym like for women with oh, my mom. Curves. And I remember. I don't, if this is too graphic, cut it out. But like, I literally got my period while I was going to this gym. So like, I literally like was a child like oh wow and yeah and like my first period ever and so it, it, I had just lived with so much negativity around my body and try, and just the thought of like you will be happier your life will be better you will find love you'll find success when you change your body was kind of the message that I was given and that people are still given and so that's why I have that quote on my website is because my whole idea is that you don't have to wait. You don't have to wait to change your life for the better. You don't have to lose weight to get the person, like you know, talk to your crush or get that promotion. Um, but for me, for my body, I did a lot of work in terms of making sure that the people that I follow on Instagram are people who look like me. So when you're constantly comparing yourself to the actors on TV, your favorite celebrities, they aren't going to look like you. And they are also, they have so much money to look like that, which I wish I could tell people like the amount of money and effort that goes into looking like that. No average person can ever do that. So don't hold yourself to that standard. Right. Um, But 
surrounding yourself with images of people that already look like you and are happy like that, I think was so key for me in, in changing my perspective. Um, and then just kind of understanding the fact that bodies are constantly changing. Like you cannot control your body as you age, as you know, you, you lose or gain abilities. Um, like our bodies are constantly changing and that's hard for anyone to come to peace with. But I think especially when people do, you know, are thinner and then as they get older, you know, probably gain more weight because of lifestyle change or things. I think people can feel so upset with themselves and like want to control that. And I just want to offer the perspective of like, maybe don't focus so much on your weight or what you look like, but focus on, are you happy? Like, right. Right. (laughs) And I think sometimes like for me, um, like a big part of what I do is, is the mindful project. We kind of talked about that briefly when Mm -hmm. we hung out and, and I, and more and more and more and I think it's important that we invest in who we are. Like we always have these to-do goals. Like I'm going to do this. This is my whatever. But we don't have a lot of be goals. Like I want to be happy. I want to be kind. I want to be compassionate, you know? And to be honest, this is probably the most confident I've ever been in my life. And it's not because of how I look. You know what I mean? Like, and when I carry myself, you might think, oh yeah, she's confident or whatever. But it's, it's because like, I'm really proud of who I am. And that takes an incredible amount of work. And the, the thing about that is that that can be constant. I mean, obviously you're always evolving, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but what I love about your blog, um, one of your blogs is you reference a lot of like must reads for confidence, <laughs> building confidence. Mm-hmm. And I guess like for you, uh, it's fantastic. Again, um, I'll just say now, um, Maggie's website is m-a-g-s-m-c-g-i-l-l.com magsmiguel.com I got that right I hope Uh, um so I guess you know like if I haven't read your blog and I'm like oh you know what can I do for my confidence and because I really think that's the root kind of what you're Mm -hmm. talking about first Mm -hmm. of all it's having a community where you can relate but then also like building on you know your heart and your love and all that stuff the the inside stuff um how do you build your confidence every day is it everyday process is it like one and done oh definitely an everyday process (laughs) yeah (laughs) which was one and done I'm not the only one yeah okay (laughs) I think I think for me the opposite of confidence is shame and so working through, uh, you know, working through the shame that I have accumulated through my life for my body for, I recently was diagnosed with ADHD. And so I had a lot of shame around those behaviors. Um, and so I think you have to really kind of address like where you feel shame in your life, where you feel like you are not enough and reminding yourself that you are enough. So for me, I Mm -hmm. definitely, for confidence, I try to honor um, my presentation. Presentation is really important to me. So how I do my hair, my clothing, um, even what underwear I'm wearing, like, okay, (laughs) that does affect your confidence, you know, feeling like what you're wearing represents you authentically. It doesn't have to be what anyone else thinks you should wear, what you wear and what you like to wear is definitely a huge thing for my confidence. Um, and then also just surrounding myself with people who are uplifting and who, you know, want me to succeed. I feel like so many of us grew up in environments where we weren't surrounded by that positivity. And I think it's what we've grown used to. And so when it continues into adulthood, we're just so used to it that we consider like, Oh wait, like I can choose the energy that I want in my life. Um, And it's so important, right? Like as I've gotten older, I've had to, um, I don't want to say cut people out of my life. It sounds pretty dramatic, mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. focus more on the relationships that, that add 
to your yeah. life. And it's kind of like a, it's a weird lesson. You don't, you kind of just get used to, you know, people mm-hmm. in your life kind of like wallpaper, you know, and you're like, oh, maybe, you know, like everyone should be it, hopefully right in an ideal world, a yeah. world adding to, to your life. So anyway, I totally interrupted you supportive network no. on listening. No, absolutely. Adding to your life and like rooting for you and, and, yeah. you know, building you up and not trying to, you know, pick you apart or pull you down. Um, so that's, you know, that's definitely a huge confidence booster, just having people around you who think you're great. <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. And so, and again, just, I think, I think one of the things that really helped build my confidence was just understanding that the world is built to make you feel bad about yourself. So <laughs> okay. you buy yeah. things. Like, right. so you buy things. So like, right. yeah. So like the reason you feel bad about yourself is no one is born feeling bad about themselves. You have received messages. Right. And so to just kind of really take a hard look at those messages and ask, where did these come from? And are these even true? And who benefits from me thinking about this? Right. Is it the makeup companies? Is it Peloton? Is it? Right. <laughs> you know, oh, I, I love it. Like, I, and I totally agree. Like I took yeah. advertising that was um, mm-hmm. my undergrad. Right. And it's totally, they're just trying to drive this consumer culture. Yeah. And um, especially in the U S I was reading a study this morning about um, in the U S we feel the most pressured um, mm-hmm. by social like media influences that mm-hmm. ideal white thin body is like yep. the most models all that you know all that we see out there and I guess um, I know you're already doing it but what is your suggestion for you know like plus size models as far as I love you know on uh, Maggie's site she also has all these uh, wonderful brands that you suggest to sh- you know you plus size brands that are mm-hmm. fantastic I'm sponsored by Puma and they're, uh, you know, they're like, oh, we're putting out this whole new line and, you know, and, and I think that's so important, um, to include everybody because we're all different. And I think that also sends a message on, on acceptance on that kind of same realm. Um, what I think also is really cool is, um, your support of the queer community and, um, shopping for androgynous things because, you know, Recently, I had a teammate um, come out as trans, and Mm -hmm. I'll be quite honest, I've been in the queer community for I don't know how long, and I didn't really know, you know, I I got an education, let's put it that way. And Mm -hmm. now that I have gotten more of an education, and for our listeners, you know, like non-binary, if you're not uh, familiar with that term, it's kind of, you don't really, you know, we have, binary means like, there's feminine and masculine, and these kind of two very strict boxes that we kind of exist in in a lot of ways. Right. And, um, but what is so cool is like you said, questioning everything, these are totally socially constructed, right? Right. So, um, for you, like for, you know, for your message out there, when, when you dress, when you carry yourself, like, um, where, what place are you coming from? Do you think about feminine and masculine, or is it just like, this is, this is me. I, I definitely think about it. Um, I think I'm trying, I have this metaphor that I use where, where, where I'm getting dressed for the day. It's like, there's a coin and masculine is on one side and feminine is on the other. And sometimes I flip the coin and it ends on feminine. Sometimes it ends on masculine. And sometimes it just keeps spinning in the air (laughs) the whole day. And I'm like, okay. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So I feel like um, I kind of fit into this, like I say tomboy femme aesthetic. So, you know, I I definitely have more of a feminine side. I like makeup. I like hair. Um, And, but I, I don't, I'm not super, high femme in the way like I don't really wear like a ton of makeup I 
don't wear dresses a lot of the time. Like I'm more just kind of like rough and tumble. I can get down in the dirt with you, but then also will be your beautiful wedding date. Like, right. You know, (laughs) I like that. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think for me, it was really a journey. I mean, you can look back on my Instagram and you can keep on scrolling and you'll see some questionable outfits, but um, (laughs) it was, it was a journey for me because I always felt like woman didn't apply to me. Um, but I couldn't, I didn't have the language for what other word it could be. And so it wasn't until I was in my, my senior year of college that I learned what non-binary was. And then I just kind of like secretly held on to that and very quietly talked to myself about it. And eventually, you know, came out as non-binary and I went through a journey of fashion of like, well, do I want to dress more masculine? Do I want to wear a binder? How do I want my hair to look? And I think I'm finally in a place where I feel really comfortable and really confident. And um, I think that kind of goes with the confidence is just like feeling really good in yourself and that you feel like you're expressing yourself authentically, which is hard for people to do. That's a tough journey. It's not easy. I just want everyone to know it's not easy. No. And I think sometimes we don't even know that we're being influenced, you Mm -hmm. know, like I didn't really like for me, there was only ever two options, masculine and feminine, you know, and and I didn't really fit in either, you know, so just kind of like, you know, finding my way and, and similar to like what you said, like when you don't see people that look like you, mm-hmm. you're kind of like, is this wrong? Is this okay? Like I am an outcast. So, um, you know, similarly, I kind of um, always felt that way. And I love, again, one of Maggie's fantastic blogs is about androgynous suits, you know, but I was on, this is so funny because I was on Amazon the other day and I was looking for, oh God, I'm not going to get hunted down by Amazon, but I was looking for uh, like a really nice three-piece suit mm-hmm. for a woman, you know, because I was looking up a suit, a three-piece right. suit. And of course it's only guys. Right. And, and I was like, oh, I kind of want a tight fitting one. And, um, you know, mm-hmm. I found one, one, wow. you know, one and, on Amazon. That's I know. Right. And yeah. so, um, yeah. So like, how important is this? Like, is it hard for you to, to search these companies out? Do they get in touch with you? What is that process like? Well, thankfully I'm blessed with a lot of masculine and androgynous people in my life. So, yeah. <laughs> so um, my partner is masculine of center and they are very dapper. And so they've had a lot of different experiences with suits. And if you go onto that blog, they are on it quite a bit. Yes, they are. So everyone quite, all quite the them. model. They did a great job. <laughs> Um, and so I think I'm just blessed to be in the community. And also I'm, I'm in kind of the intersection of queer and um, plus size too and fashion. And so, you know, I think a lot of these I already knew, but I also had to research some. And what's really right. difficult is finding suiting that is above a three X that is not custom. That yeah. is, I don't even think if there's any on that list. Like it's, it's very, very difficult, which is hard because there are people who are masculine of center or androgynous that are right. above a three X and, I'm hoping that some company can fill that gap sometime soon. Okay, we're putting that out into the world right now. Um, If you want to see that list of androgynous custom-made suits, again, check it out on her website, magsmcgill.com, magsmcgill.com. So again, this has been fantastic. I have to ask one thing, because I remember when I was a young kid and I was bullied a lot, when they called me fat, it was the worst thing, you know, or one of the worst things. And now, of course, I understand that's a bit uh, because of society, right? But you use fat um, quite a bit in your website. So tell me about your relationship with that word. Um, You know, am I totally losing the point here? Or or, yeah, just tell me about that. 
Yeah, that's, I think it's a word that so many people are uncomfortable with because it really is just a descriptor. It's no different than tall or short, you know? And so, but there's been so many negative words attached to it. If you're fat, you're blank, you're lazy, you're unsuccessful, you're undesirable. And so I think the people in the fat community have reclaimed that word for themselves and use it freely so that it, it doesn't mean any of those things. It simply just means fat. It just means that you're in a bigger body and there's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't mean anything other than you're in a bigger body. Um, and so, yeah, if, you know, people prefer lots of different things, you know, don't go calling everyone fat who you see, you're like, Hey, you're fat, you know, <laughs> yeah, not I probably will not do that. Yeah. Um, but you know, if you do want a different word, a person, person of size or, you know, person in a bigger body, but yeah, for me, it's just, it's just a descriptor and it's a community right. that I'm a part of. And so I'm, I feel really, I have a shirt that says like fat and proud, like I'm proud, I'm proud, to, I'm proud of my body. Right. I'm not ashamed of it at all. And I want everyone else to feel that pride too. So that's cool. No, I love that. And, and I really have, especially in the queer community, even the word queer, I think has been reclaimed by the queer community and Mm -hmm. and vocabulary is so important, especially with pronouns and everything, right? Like I think society is kind of becoming more aware of that and shifting that. So I absolutely love that. Okay. I'm not going to take up too much more of your time. Um, I'm here with Maggie McGill. I have one more question because um, honestly, your website is full of so many fantastic things. And I will admit that I have a pretty horrible track record when it comes to relationships. I've been through a divorce, um, but I'm now in a relationship I am so proud to be a part of. And the number one thing I can probably attribute that to is the communication that we have. And you have a fantastic, like you have this like Google Microsoft document that anyone can access and go to your website. Yes. Fantastic with 20 questions that you should keep asking your partner these things. And so tell me a little bit about how, you know, like, were you just born being a good communicator? Is this something you worked on? Where did you get this awesome list of questions? Um, absolutely not. Um, okay. I, I think okay. most of us are not born as great communicators. I wasn't. Because, <laughs> I mean, the the generation of my parents and probably your parents, they just, they weren't great at it. Their parents weren't great at it. It wasn't something that was valuable. So I feel like, you know, my generation and below are kind of really focusing on healthy, like relationships and dynamics, which is amazing. Um, but I think I just, I've also been in, you know, several relationships that weren't the best. And there are so many times in a relationship where I'm like, Oh, I just wish I could bring up X, but there's like no good time or I, you know, I feel awkward about it. And so when I met my current partner almost two years ago, I I really, really liked them. And I really wanted it to to work work out. out, Right. Yeah. Well, I wanted it to work out. And I also wanted to make sure we were, you know, on the same page with everything because, you know, I I never want to spend more time in a relationship than, you know, is, is working for me. And so I, I just did a lot of Googling and I created this spreadsheet and I was like, Hey, I would love to do this spreadsheet once a month with you for like a year during our first year, which also happened to be during a global pandemic, which curveball. Right. Um, For everyone. Yep. Absolutely. Yes. And um, it, I mean, it's an, it's a extensive spreadsheet. It usually takes at least an hour to go through it, but there's just so many little things that get lost in your daily life in a relationship that a moment that maybe you felt hurt, but like you didn't, it wasn't enough to like bring it up. And so it just makes a space for you to have those conversations about, about that and also express appreciation and love and to communicate to your partner, what your needs are just to create a space one hour to 
have these conversations that don't always happen organically because they can be a little more difficult. And what's really cool about it is that the more that you have these conversations, the more they do just go into your daily life and they just become more easy to happen. And so. Right. And, and that's kind of what I've, I've realized over the years, like when we talk about courageous conversations or confrontation, Mm -hmm. all these hard things, it's, it's like a habit. It's like anything, right? Once you start having more often, you realize they're not that hard. And they also ultimately show so much respect to the person that you're speaking to. Right. Um, And what I love about what, what you said, I think what I in the past have done a few times is is compromised myself in a relationship. Mm -hmm. And I think it's always important that you have two voices in any relationship and then you can, you know, there is compromise in relationship, but to have Mm -hmm. to compromise yourself, I think is, is something completely different. So, um, Maggie, I have to thank you so much. It's so wonderful. Um, I'm so inspired by your site and everything that you stand for. Um, I think self-compassion and just the confidence and owning who you are and being your authentic self is is one of the hardest things to do. We don't talk about it enough. So um, thanks for coming on again. And I'm going to say one more time, everyone will know your website off by heart by the end of this episode, (laughs) I hope. Please go check it out magsmcgill.com m-a-g-s-m-c-g-i-l-l.com uh thank you so much is there anything else that you want to talk about before we go no i think that's everything but thanks so much for having me and this is such a fun conversation to have awesome thank you so much for uh inspiring inspiring me and um so many of our listeners yeah i hope they i hope they get something out of it oh they will for sure (laughs) Thanks again to Maggie McGill for coming on our show. Check out a book that she is releasing in about a month. The book is about her relationship, healing her relationship with movement. She spoke to a little bit how um, sometimes in sport she was known as the slowest or the biggest and it really affected her self-esteem. So the book kind of speaks to how she repaired this relationship and how she kind of transitioned her mindset from thinking that exercise was only to lose weight to it actually being enjoyable and something that she looks forward to. So check that out in about a month. Again, you can find it on our website if you want. Thanks so much for listening. And of course, thanks again to our program sponsor, Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Thanks for joining me on this episode of Three Sides with Erin McLeod. If you are interested in hearing about a certain topic, let me know. You can email me directly at themotivenation1 at gmail.com or my Mindful Project email, erin at themindfulproject.us. Thank you for your presence and for listening. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.